I would observe that very much of what is rejected as evidence by a court is the best of evidence to the intellect. Greetings, Poe fans. I am Carmen Bolden. And I am Jeannie Smith. And we are the Potastic Two. And we are back for our November episode of Poe's in the Details. The Poe is in the Details. And oh my goodness, science! Science! True daughter of old time thou art, in the words of Mr. Poe himself. Absolutely. Mr. Poe himself was all about the science, especially when he started his detective, uh, Mr. Auguste Dupin. Yes, absolutely, with ratiocination. Exactly. I mean, come on. You have to take the historical aspects of all the forensics evidence that's that's just popped up from the very beginning that nobody knew what to do with. I mean, exactly. come on. So, Eureka was in the bathroom. Yes. In the bathtub before he figured out, ooh, yuck, it is gravity. <laughs> and that's Poe's uh, science work is Eureka. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. Why didn't he write a book, you know, write a story called you? Didn't he write one, Eureka? No, it was somebody else. Okay. Sorry. But yeah, his, his scientific like work is eureka yeah it's about a uh, hundred pages or so i've read it yeah and it, it is very very interesting his thoughts yeah and i mean intellect is where we get science from because it's all about the thought process not just basing it in religion which is right where it started way 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 back in the get-go yes and it's not just theory it is practice and mm-hmm. so Jeannie, tell us about this his, these the historical references and origins of the history of forensics. Well, if you think about it, before they even knew what forensics truly were, or fingerprints or DNA or anything that we've got nowadays, you can be tracing it all the way back to the good old days in the 600s, you know, BC, when you got the Sumerians who were using thumbprints as receipts for purchasing of supplies. And then you have where we jump into Babylonian times where they were, you know, Hammurabi was all about the justice system. His code. Exactly. I mean, many of the codes and many of the laws that we have in today's society all were based on Hammurabi's codes. Mm -hmm. Eye for an eye. Yes. And his ideas about justice, well... I was telling Carmen earlier, I was like, oh, I think I figured out where the Puritans got their witch hunt from. Yes. <laughs> because, uh, you know, good old Nebuchadnezzar and Hammurabi and all the rest of them, they decided, hey, this is how we'll truly prove whether you're guilty or not. If you've done the crime and we toss you in the Euphrates River and you drown, you're guilty. Yes. If you don't and you manage to survive, then you've passed the test. Mm-hmm. Now, however, if you manage to live through the Euphrates River... <laughs> You might not come out, you know, smelling all wonderful and golden by that day. Exactly. Well, and you kind of wonder, even if they did, you know, float, not float, Mm -hmm. what would have happened afterwards anyway. Exactly. Which kind of like leads us into the Salem witch trials. And that's how the Puritans decided if you're a witch, then we are going to tie you up, put rocks on your feet, drop you in the river. And if you drown, you're not a witch. If you survived, you're a witch. And then we hang you. Exactly. (laughs) Wow, that was really a no-win situation. No. 
So, but then, you know, you have all these kinds of forensics that people didn't know about because in literature, most they would make the deductive reasoning. Right. You know, inductive, all that kind of thing. Nobody even thought about that being part of forensics. It was all about just the story. Yes. You know, following the theme, the setting, you know, the climax, the falling action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, getting into my teaching days of yes. <laughs> literature. But, you know, it just... Science was not one of those things. It was just, um, what can we call it, uh, spur-of-the-moment ideas that started yeah. in the Grecian times. And then, you know, you had algebra with the pharaohs and mm-hmm. the Egyptians and then, you know, buoyancy and gravity and astrology and all that came about. But all of that still was kind of being spurned by the religion. Absolutely. And I even think, even thinking about... Um, Egypt, thinking about hieroglyphics, mm-hmm. you know, later on, especially in the 1920s and 30s, just thinking about the cryptography behind it as well. Oh, exactly. And then if you think about it in the what, wasn't it the early, was it the early 18, no, it was early 1900s mm-hmm. when they found the Rosetta Stone. Yes, exactly. And I mean, it was like the whole you know, like the decipher ring that everybody mm-hmm. used to, you know, get in the bag of cereal. It's like, oh, we can decipher everything. Right. And I mean, and when you think about cryptography, you know, mm-hmm. Poe was a cryptologist, definitely. And he wrote and he wrote the gold bug in 1843. And it really that term cryptography, he mm-hmm. kind of coined and in that story and was one of the first to actually say it. And then he also kind of thinking about um, Francis Bacon. Mm-hmm. Poe talked about in different articles and things, just puzzles and solving puzzles and things like that, leaning back to cryptography. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Uh, science, and we're going to bring it up to the scientific method. If you think about it from the very beginning of history up until what we have now, we are the living proof of the scientific method. Yes, absolutely. You know, it all com- it all comes down to we start with a question, mm-hmm. and then we you know create a hypothesis, and yes. then we follow through with the experimentation. And but Poe is one of the world's best of putting it all together mm-hmm. and not only him figuring it out but in his stories his readers are the ones that are figuring it out yes because they're following his examples and he builds that and it's like when we were talking with props and pints mm-hmm. and when we were talking with dr poe which i thought was really cool yes you know oh hello poe yes uh, but just explaining to him that that was part of poe's genius yes is that where was he truly wanting you to find the justice in his stories Mm -hmm. which person were you following i mean even in today's society whether you you know the whole term of not guilty does not mean someone's innocent exactly you know not guilty just means there's not enough evidence to prove that you did something wrong right it's just they've gotten their due process which Mm -hmm. every person is guaranteed even like um, as a dean of students Mm -hmm. when and and a previous administrator in schools every student gets their due process to explain the whys the hows or the denials of what they did or didn't do exactly and that was one of the things that poe took from history and made in literature 
what we have now is we call the the detective story. Yes. He took due process as the evidentiary pathway of reading yes. and interpreting and just building upon it to the point to where you can't un undo it. Yes. It is what it is. You have you have that pathway. You have what you need and he was the, you know, he was the spot on guy to build the story and mm-hmm. build what you needed. And I, I think it's kind of interesting to think about this because Poe wasn't a formally trained scientist, Mm-mm. but he his exposure to science was definitely in all of his studies in in schooling because he was classically trained. But he also, uh, you know, when he studied at University of Virginia, his military training and just his techniques as a journalist himself. Mm-hmm. And that really brought him into, you know, his desire to know more about science well yeah and then that takes us back to when we think about today's society and we think about all the wonders of dna and gene therapy and and being able to recessive genes dominant genes and all that it is truly surprising when you Mm -hmm. think about who the actual father of genetics truly is right he was a monk Mm -hmm. i mean literally he had given his life to religion and right. over to God. And he figured out this scientifics of recessive and dominant genes through pea plants. That's just amazing. Yeah. And, and that just in itself is, you think about it, the people that stumble upon what we have today mm-hmm. and started the process and rolling that down the hill it has to have someone start the process and then somebody pick it up. Exactly. And, and yeah. going forward into the future, it's still the same process. And that's what's so surreal to think about. Yeah. And even in chemistry, mm-hmm. you know, we all have the periodic table and it had started way back in the Grecian times of, you know, right. the atom, mm-hmm. which literally in Greek means that it's indivisible. Right. Yes. You know, that's what the atom started at. But it wasn't until Mendeleev mm-hmm. that gave us the periodic table that we have in today's time because he actually figured out that there is a steady order. It is actually in an order. Yeah. And that's how he could disprove someone's finding of an element. <laughs> She's using air quotes. Sorry, uh, I used air quotes. You know, <laughs> of finding an element by saying, no, it doesn't fit. There's not enough. It doesn't go in the right spot. And I know that's not true. I don't have to disprove you. I have already proven to you how this works. Exactly. Yes. And just because there's totally, you know, there's like, I think there's 119 now. And there's like three or four of them that haven't been named Mm -hmm. or totally found. Right. Yeah. But, I mean... It's a, it's phenomenal. Yes, what it, it, is. it can be because the table isn't actually a table. It's supposed to be circular, but nobody could put it circular when they when they read you know when Mendeleev put it in a book. Mm-hmm. You can't put it in a circle when it's in a book. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but you know all these stepping stones, all this brought to someone like Poe with that thought process. And then he brought it out in the murders of the Rue Morgue. That's where Ab- he started. Absolutely. Um, and and he with you know if you kind of put all three of his tales of you know Auguste Dupont mm-hmm. 
into a series. It'd be the tales of ratiocination. Mm-hmm. And Poe really wanted to basically say that science can solve the problems of urban crime. If, if you really get right down to it. Yes, because in essence, science is the factual part of human nature. Yes. You know, there's always going to be the humanity that can foul up any system. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. It can always cause problems. Because if you have people involved, nothing's ever going to be straightforward. Right. There's always going to be some gray area. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that Poe pointed out, especially in the first books of, mm-hmm. you know, or the first articles of Murders of the Room War. Right. Is you have the first locked room mystery. Mm-hmm. And you had to follow the evidence. You couldn't follow the people because remember right. all of those that were eyewitnesses mm-hmm. that were all from different points of the, because you had the French and the Italians and exactly. all those. And then if they didn't like each other, they would make, you know, just Blame contradict, the other one. Yes. contradict yes. each other just because they didn't like you. Exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah, so Poe really, you know, had DuPont be hyper observant and he also used those intuitive leaps of imagination Mm -hmm. and i'm quoting this from a source that i found and we'll we'll put all those sources at the in our little box at the end yeah because there's there's a lot of different uh people that i've found like i've found uh some professors with dissertations and books and stuff that actually have delved into Mm -hmm. different parts of forensics and literature yeah and especially in fiction Mm-hmm. And how wonderful it has come out to be. And then it started out with definitely Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. He's the one that brought it to the forefront where everybody started thinking about woohoo. And plus, it also helped that during his time, his time period when he was starting to write all this mm-hmm. was during the age of the Second Enlightenment. Right. You know, the Second right. Great Awakening. Yes, because he, he wasn't very fond of some of the 17th, excuse me, 17th and 18th century philosophers and scientists of the Age of Reason. No, no. And he displays that in his From uh, To Science a Sonnet. Yeah, and I mean, some of them were just, well, I'm just going to go ahead and now say it's they were whacked. Yeah. Uh, but some of them, they led to a little bit more. I mm-hmm. mean, because Isaac Newton, he was the bomb diggity. Oh, yeah. You know, he was the main guy. And then you had Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law is one of my favorites because if mm-hmm. it can go wrong, it will go wrong. Absolutely. I'm like, we Murphy's that my almost man. every day. Exactly. <laughs> Especially if you're a school teacher, that is the daily dose yes. of your mantra when you walk in the door. Oh, look, uh, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Exactly. Uh, so, but yeah. Poe definitely was using some of his only own personal influence of what he likes and didn't like mm-hmm. to say, look, you got to take some of the humanity out of it, put a little of the science into it, and mm-hmm. then add the humanity back in there. Exactly. Yes. And then when I love, that's one of the things I love the most about the story, The Murders of the Room Morgue, is because they had a little bit of madness. Oh, yeah. Because the guy behind it all, you're going, woo, he's a little whacked out. He's a little early Hannibal Lecter. and his agenda. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. instead of trying to take people's faces, he was going to be, you know, making the hybrid of human and, you know, animal. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, he could have been one of the more first animorphs. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. But, you know, Poe also was very straightforward with the forensic evidence. 
Absolutely. You have to take the whole picture first before you start breaking it down. So the evidentiary look at the whole picture is mm-hmm. what Poe does. Yes. And that's what he started it. And then it started following the clues from there. Yes. And one one thing I want to add about just how Dupine, his process of just those those observations and mm-hmm. that the intuition of his intellect you know, you can even look at how that influence that Poe had in literature has even come to the 2000s. Uh, my husband and I are rewatching. Well, I'm watching it for the first time, but my husband's rewatching the show Psych. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. He's not psychic. No. He makes extreme observations and puts things together based on his intuition. Yeah. And so I just I, it's like he's a modern day Dupine. Yes, because that's one of the things. It's all about the behavioral, mm-hmm. you know, and because the modern day, the psych episodes. Yes. He is a modern day Holmes. Yes. Because that's one of the things that, you know, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle would do with Sherlock Holmes. It was mm-hmm. all about looking at the behavior patterns. Yes. Because we even, all of us have patterns in our daily lives that oh, we can yeah. follow. Oh, yes. Um, I, I always tell my husband that I sometimes go a little bit different direction just to keep the serial killers wondering. Oh, I always do. <laughs> I mean, after my first criminology class, because that was one that was my main focus when I was in criminology was serial killers. Yes. And the psychology behind them. And I would be like so observant. But then every day when I went home, I would always go a different route. Yes. And I would never leave at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I would always watch who was, you know, what cars were there, exactly. where I parked, never parked in the same spot. Yes. Yes. Now, and that that's one of the things that Poe was very big upon is he knew that people lived in habitual lives yes we are all about our habits yes creatures of habit definitely exactly that's one of the reasons why forensic evidence is pretty much following that path yes and so precise Mm -hmm. and he he picked up on that he used that along with his own imagination Mm -hmm. and that's what brought us to the detective fiction absolutely and then we're we're going to the his second tale of ratiocination mm-hmm. and that's a hard word sometimes to say um if i miss miss say oh. it it's just yeah bear with me yeah i'm not even gonna try it so don't even worry about it <laughs> and um sounds good to me oh yes but uh the mystery of marie roger we're going to talk about that in a bit but mm-hmm. his third story of ratiocination mm-hmm. i'm determined to keep saying that there you go um was the purloined letter and dupin goes into the mind of the man who is the person who is hiding mm-hmm. the letter in plain sight. And so really it's it's so much just the behavior profiling mm-hmm. that exists today that really didn't get started until the 60s and 70s. Exactly. And actually the or 1960s and 70s I should say. Um, the behavioralist that was credited somewhat with coining the phrase mm-hmm. of uh, behavioral psychology or serial killer right was robert ressler who yes. was an fbi agent mm-hmm. and 
he and i mean that was like in the 60s yes yes and all that because back before then it was always like yeah we knew like jack the ripper and you know they were killing right multiple people but we weren't coining them with a certain the term fa- yes. you know, terminology I, I i know you have done a lot of research on mm-hmm. wrestler i mm-hmm. have done more probably on john e douglas yeah you know and they work together yeah and that's the thing and the funny part is is that one of the reasons that i know about wrestler is because one of his partners in the fbi was one of my ex-professors that's awesome that he used to be the head of quantico and okay. he retired yeah so that's how i was introduced to him and it was very cool yes learning about that but the thing about with poe that he figured out especially in human nature not only about the habitual parts mm-hmm. But sometimes we miss what is so obvious. Yes. And that kind of goes back to Occam's razor. Uh-huh. And all of that. And then it's all about the science, yes. too. You know, and I love throwing out her. Well, this that's kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> uh, Schrodinger's cat. You yes. Know? <laughs> so, but, you know, that that's all part of the part and parcel yeah, don't throw out the cat with the box no not throwing <laughs> regardless out, if he's alive or dead no exactly not throwing the cat out with the box in any way shape or form <laughs> yeah because the cat would probably come out and beat me to death with it you absolutely know? or scratch you yes. yeah exactly <laughs> but yes poe was all about the following the evidentiary then mm-hmm. looking at the pathology of it yes because you have to get down to the nitty-gritty and i hate to say that that's yeah the, it's the true though it it's true yeah because you have to look at um what what made those things happen what made mm-hmm. a, a person's body go that quickly you yes know, why did they decompose that fast exactly why, you know i mean of course if you cut someone's how you know heart out and telltale heart you know that's going to cause a problem <laughs> yes it is oh, i'm just saying speaking of which we're going to talk about some psychology in that mm-hmm. story in just a moment yeah but we're, we're we're trying to find our own little forensic path here because mm-hmm. we started with the evidence and now we're going to lead into the pathology of yes it. and then two other well one story and one article that poe wrote um, really kind of keeps going with just the whole meat of evidence and mm-hmm. you, and how to use evidence. But like in MS Found in a Bottle, which he won uh, the Saturday Visitor Award uh, back in, I forgot to write down the October. date. October. Okay. It was it was October. That's because, right. Yes. Yes. yes it yes. was it was supposed to be for our October newsletter that yes. we do, and then we got behind, and it was for November. Yes, you're you're so, correct. Yeah, Thank he, you for remembering that. It was October 1845, I believe. I, no, I think it was 40, earlier than that. I think okay, it, was it might have been. That. No, it could have been 39. Sorry. Okay, and then, um, but basically, uh, you know, the the character that is being affected in mm-hmm. this whole story. He is using, he's basically telling the story through a technical journal when you mm-hmm. think about it. And that really, you know, goes back to Poe's, you know, uh, workings as a journalist for several new, you know, news journals right. and magazines and things like that. Yep. And I mean, one of the things is, uh, along with the forensics, is with the writings of mm-hmm. people yeah you know following how they've written something if they truly did write it if it's something right you know if it's something that led from a psychosis maybe mm-hmm. um how a person's change in personality right can be from what's written and then if you can follow that because that would be the evidence and the pathology of what they're thinking mm-hmm. 
how they're acting and you know oh definitely and so that's that's part of it too and then in 1836 poe wrote an an article for a scientific journal and it's basically kind of shown as the first scientific journal article Mm -hmm. about i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing this correctly but it's myel myelzel's chess player and poe exposed a hoax about this automaton Mm -hmm. playing chess um, using creativity but also using classic research of francis bacon in that process of observe measure explain and verify and so it's just very interesting to you know he takes that all and puts it into his detective yeah and that's the thing it's all about the puzzle and putting the right Mm -hmm. pieces together yes and if it doesn't fit then it's not right right exactly you got to rearrange your pieces exactly and that's part of the whole thing of a detective and sometimes and the, the sad part is is sometimes the detectives have to become what the the killer is or what the right. psycho, you know the pathology and the evidence shows they have to start thinking like them and that's why it's so yes, difficult almost like method acting in mm-hmm. a way yes yes and that's why i mean that brings us to heath ledger i was just reading an article yeah. the other day about his um portraying of the joker yes he got so involved and in becoming the uh character of the joker mm-hmm that they've they've thought that's what's led that led to his overdose and that's right. what led to his death and it and would even, not surprise me well joaquin phoenix who just did the joker also yes. said that he had the exact same problem he got so involved mm-hmm. in the character that it almost pushed him over the edge right and both of those portrayals of the joker were phenomenal oh yes and that i think that's why because they mm-hmm. immerse themselves into being that person yeah and that's part of the problem with the <clears throat> psychology and the, the just the methodology of mm-hmm. it all when it comes to not only forensics mm-hmm. but with writing and that's one of the things that i loved about poe is he would just hit on the very edge of that mm-hmm. and then he would push the reader to fall over the edge yes to yes. where you're thinking okay which one do i want to be you know supportive of here right because yes. you know cask of amontillado pops into my head mm-hmm. every time because mm-hmm. which one should i feel sorry for which one should right. i actually want justice for and the psychology of you know because we've talked about this in poe unplugged we've mm-hmm. talked about this before with cask or amontillado however you want to shorten it either way but it's like is he really luring him down there on Mm -hmm. purpose and everything he is saying to him very um i'm trying to think of the word very pre premeditated premeditated, thank you Mm -hmm. or is he giving him an out Mm -hmm. and it's like you have to go back and forth with that and it depends on how you want to think of the main or one of the main characters yeah because is the character one of the main characters that's leading the other person Mm -hmm. is he feeling remorseful by trying to give him the chance to save himself or is he a true psychopath yeah is he truly like Mm -hmm. "Ah, you know you know if you can't figure it out then you deserve whatever you get that's right that's right which comes down to the whole pathology of 
you know, what we are and what we do yes. and our patterns in life. So. And, and speaking of that, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that Poe did was he definitely conducted research on phrenology. Mm-hmm. Jeannie, do you want to explain what phrenology is? Well, not really. You go for it. Oh, you do it. <laughs> well, phrenology. I got to spell it first. P-H-R-E-N-O-L-O-G-Y. Right. Phrenology. <laughs> Sorry. It's just one of those days where you got all these things popping in your head. I know. You know. I know. It, it, it's really studying the the size of the head and the brain and... Um. Yeah. You know that 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 thing. Yeah, that thing that's in that's my head right not, now that doesn't want to work. Yeah, yes, that thing. Yes. So yeah, <laughs> and that that's the, that's the point of it. It's 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 the brain. Yes. The brain is so vast, and mm-hmm. I've been following studies of works now that where they're finding that ten percent of the brain. If you look at any research, mm-hmm. the uh, scientists have only been able to map out ten percent of the brain. Yeah. So there's so much in there that we don't know. It, right. And the study of it. And that's why some people, uh, you know, some people think differently. Some people oh, yeah. react differently. Mm-hmm. You know, and some things don't activate correctly. Or exactly. some things activate and some things don't. Yes. You know, and the study of the brain lobotomies, that's what they would do in mm-hmm. the early days. You know, yep. if, if you were suffering from schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. You know, they felt that, hey, that came from the frontal lobe of the brain, so they would happily give you a lobotomy. Yes, removing it yeah. would somehow fix you, and that's not the case. No, it fixed something because it removes all of your, you know, your decision-making processes. Right, exactly. Because that's what they finally found that the frontal lobe of the brain is. So, mm-hmm. you know, the whole study of what the brain is and what it does and how it reacts. Exactly. It, it's just Poe was on point with it. He, he was and and to for him to he actually used phrenology as a framework for some of his characters Mm -hmm. um specifically in telltale heart and fall of the house of usher oh absolutely and so he you know he used that because that was the science of the times and very Mm -hmm. popular at that time yeah because everybody was starting to use and i hate to say this but that was one of the things with the reformation times is mm-hmm. they were using these people that were in sanatoriums yes. as their own little experiments yes you know unfortunately and, you know these poor people that were already not in a very good headspace mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. lack of a better saying yeah uh, okay. Were being pun intended. Pun, yeah, pun intended. Unfortunately intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they were using them to experiment on. Yes. And so, yeah, and follow the House of Usher, the madness itself. Mm-hmm. Because with the sister and the brother, and you know, I, I hate to say it, you know, speaking from being a sister and having a brother. That's true. You they, do fit that profile, oh, exactly. Jeannie. They drive me, you know, they can drive you crazy, <laughs> you know, because family can either be your biggest supporters yes. or your greatest downfall. Yes. And that's why we're we're uh, all Jeannie's extended family, yes. uh, some other friends, me my and my husband. Mm-hmm. We're going with Jeannie to East Tennessee, back to her roots for yeah. the, the weekend after Thanksgiving, because we don't want her to be walled up, or, <laughs> you know, or, or buried alive, I should say. Exactly. You know, find me, you know, <laughs> wandering around the Great Smoky Mountains going, I don't know. Yes. Who I am, where I came from, <laughs> nothing, you know, just drop me off somewhere on the side of a mountain. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. I'm kind of 
part of me is excited, but part of me is a little bit scary about me introducing them to that cray cray part of my life. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be great. great. It's gonna be great. But yes, um, Poe used that definitely in mm-hmm. his writing. Yeah. Because it's all about the habitual natures. It's all about the patterns of a personality yes. and human nature. Yes. And so kind of, you know, uh, we kind of started off with like the pathology and the evidence mm-hmm. and we're kind of easily kind of making this pathway into psychology mm-hmm. and two of the stories that he definitely uses that forensic psychology is the telltale heart Most as well as the black cat oh absolutely i mean because sometimes it's our we are our own worst enemies mm-hmm. and that was one of the things with the telltale heart yes is that he preyed upon that one instance in our mm-hmm. own lives of we we do something wrong and we know we've done something wrong right the guilt and the remorse is is subconsciously like killing you inside mm-hmm. to scream out that you know you're guilty and mm-hmm. it, it just it, it takes on its own entity which you know if you if you read it from a scientific perspective or a forensics perspective rather than just as literature mm-hmm. in, in horror it, it really the character is schizophrenic which that term was not no. created then no. It wasn't even touched upon that yeah. that was what that was. I don't think even manic depressive was no. even coined back then. No, bipolar and all that. That no. was still very much in early days. Yes. You know, it wasn't until Freud came along and started talking about the id, the ego, and the superego right. that we started even looking at the or three multiple bases. personalities. Exactly. And, yeah. the, mm-hmm. di- the different basis of our personalities. Exactly. But one of the things with the tale to heart is that I always like to think of it was the person that did the crime remorseful for doing the crime mm-hmm. or just remorseful of getting caught getting caught yes you know that was always the stepping stone mm-hmm. it's like with the cask you know are you going to be guilty of doing the crime or are you guilty or feeling guilty because you're getting caught at the crime right Right. Which is another basic behavior in our personality. Mm-hmm. You know, are you feeling guilty because you did something wrong or did you not see anything done wrong, but you're feeling guilty because somebody else will? Right. Exactly. Because not everybody feels the same way of right and wrong. Yes. I hate to break it to you, but that's just the way life is. Mm-hmm. What some people, you know, one of the biggest things, especially going around in the world, is the death penalty in the mm-hmm. United States. We yes. we have been standing on the precipice of the line of the death penalty for so many times. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, you know, it's unconstitutional. Well, the thing about the, the death penalty itself is not unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. It's the carrying out of the death penalty right. that they say it falls under the Eighth Amendment of cruel and unusual punishment. Right. And but it also goes back to Hammurabi's code of an uh-huh. eye for an eye. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. It's all about perspective. Yes. Absolutely. You know? And especially in scientific uh, endeavors of psychosis. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's all about the perspective of what one person sees as I'm doing something that needs to be done and mm-hmm. this is 
you know, this is true and this is good, but in the some in the same aspect, someone can see that is that's that's wrong. Yeah, that does not need to be happening. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where we get into the biggest issues that we have in today's society when it comes down to the fine line between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. And the black cat is another story that Poe takes psychology. Begin begins to create this narrator into a textbook case of psychopathic mm-hmm. personality. I mean, yeah. truly a a narcissist, a truly a psych, psychopath who has no conscience. And once he starts drinking, he becomes another person. Oh, absolutely! And at the end, he's just he's using his hubris. You know, walking around the basement with the police mm-hmm. and thinking he's going to get away with it. But then that little black cat doesn't let him. Yeah, there's always that one thing because there's always that one little thing in the movies and in the books and everything. There is no such thing as a perfect murder. No, not at all. Because there will always be something, mm-hmm. always be something that will trip you up. Right. Because in human in humanity itself, mm-hmm. we have our hubris. Yes. And even with that hubris, you cannot keep quiet. Right. And you, you forget cannot, something. Exactly. Every little detail can go down. Now, you know, albeit there are some killers that can get away for many, many years. Yes. But at the same time, there's always going to be something that will catch them. Yes. It just, it surfaces out of exactly. the, out of the it, darkness. And it doesn't even have to be a killer. No. Right. And it's like, we, even with the black cat, the first thing that I was thinking of when I was reading it is I'm like, you know, Poe is actually coining the definition of a serial killer. Yes. And looking at the behavioral aspects of it mm-hmm. long before right. it ever comes into place. Yes. And it, it just is amazing to me that he was able to do that. I agree because, you know, the the definition of psychopathy was not really agreed upon until the 1990s. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what... 150-ish years. Oh, absolutely. You know, and and Poe was describing these things with his words and his Mm -hmm. story of the black cat long before anybody ever thought it was a thing. Exactly. It's just amazing to think about all the things that Poe has defined and the influences that he keeps carrying on. Thus, Mm -hmm. our Podcast. Exactly. And it comes back down to the same things of the scientific method. Mm-hmm. Life itself is a scientific method. Yes. You know, we are going through every step of it. We have controlled instances, we mm-hmm. have experiments, we have everything in place. And Poe was just one of those people that started it out to where we started seeing it. Mm-hmm. He's the one that started the pattern of what we see forensics is today. Yes, absolutely. It, and it, anyone that disagrees, we have something to talk about. We do. That that could be a whole Poe Unplugged. Exactly. But um, the kind of last uh, story that we're going to talk about, it, it's one, it is the second DuPont story. Mm-hmm. And that that is the mystery of Marie Roger. And he took... 
basically a real story of Mary Rogers and mm-hmm. changed it from American to French and then basically um, changed her name to Marie Roger. Exactly. And this one, it really has all of the things that you think about forensics because it has the pathology, it mm-hmm. has the psychology. And the evidentiary trail. It does. And, you know, Dupine uses the the method of time place evidence, you know, looking at what the police were saying about how long her body had been in the water. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, you know, as I quote, inception of water into the lungs, you know, and he he disproves the police because yep. they're not really using the science of the evidence. But. Dupine is able to see that mm-hmm. and know. Yeah, and the thing about it, and I was also mentioning this to Carmen, one of the authors in the past 20, 30 years at least was is Patricia Cromwell. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she introduced the body farm. Yes. Which is a big thing, and it is at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the etymology. It's all about the forensic, the pathology. Mm-hmm. It's all about following how cadavers um, react to environment, react right. to bugs and anything like that. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, push the forensics of how we see things even more like with that story. Yes. About being in the water, the lungs filling up, knowing that there's the difference between an actual wet drowning and a dry drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And was she really drowned or was it something else? Or did they use the water to cover up the forensics of how she died? Right, right. And and Poe actually did this whole story because he was, at first it was unsolved, and he was trying to solve it Mm -hmm. and have the police look at it again, almost like a very quick cold case, if you will. Exactly. And so it's really interesting, but ending up, the police actually went back and found some more evidence to Mm -hmm. figure out who was the criminal. And so Poe had to kind of do some finagling with his writing to kind of, you know, show his, you know, his agenda for writing it and all of that. And so it backfired on Poe, but the story still stands as a, is a very good mystery. Exactly. And I mean, and it goes to show that, it always takes more than one person to solve the crime. Yes. Even with Sherlock Holmes, he could never do it completely without Watson or exactly. without the others that he needed mm-hmm. to lead him to where he needed to go. Right. Because even the human parts of it were clues. Yes. And so that's one of the things that Poe always brought to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the scientifics of it, but you had to look at the human qualities. I, I agree. Um, it, it's just amazing to think about just mm-hmm. what we have today because of Poe. Exactly. You know, it's all about it's all about the the forensics and the Poe is in the details. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I just want to remind everyone mm-hmm. that on November 29th, we are having our Poe Unplugged mm-hmm. Zoom. Um, book not book book club exactly literature club our unbook club unbook club yeah i love that term (laughs) love that term um and we're going to be uh reading or well please read telltale heart beforehand Mm -hmm. and then we're going to be talking about the psychology in it as well as 
Poe Movies, who created a short film that's Mm -hmm. nominated for an Emmy, will be on... Our unplugged, Poe Unplugged, yeah, that be evening, so you can ask questions. We're going to be showing the mm-hmm. movie, The Telltale Heart. Yeah, it's a 19-minute video. Yes, so. it, it's a, it is so amazing. And their adaptation, um, they've, they've changed a few things mm-hmm. based on who the narrator is, but it works so well. We're not going to do any spoilers. Yeah. It's it's You're, you're going to love it. So please okay. join us that night, and that's going to be... Tuesday, November the 29th, and then you can sign up on our website yes. at sixdegreesofpo.com. And look for the tab Poe Unplugged. Exactly, and we would look forward to you joining us then. Yes. Uh, remember, you can catch us on our platforms for Spotify. We are on Facebook. Sirius. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter YouTube. YouTube. And that's yeah. Poe Unplugged on YouTube. Yeah. Yes, because on our Poe Unplugged, it's not just about Poe. It's about Unpoe. Yes, everything, whether it be, you know, current, past, previous, where we've been, what we've seen. Carmen usually has a lot of cool things because she travels more than I do now. Yes, yes. Um, So please check out the YouTube. And And definitely check out our post shop. You know, Mm -hmm. the holidays are coming up and we've got some very moderately priced Poe inspired gifts that you yes. can purchase and they're all handmade mm-hmm. by me Jeannie, and our crew yep the the po peoples yeah the po peoples our po peeps yes <laughs> yeah they're they're our back they're backbone of our po yes. so they're the po peeps so they're yes very much supportive in our um, venture exactly so yeah please do holidays are coming up and check us out and yes continue to join us on our quest to find the po Yes, absolutely. And so with that, we are Poe Out. Nothing is more hateful to wisdom than excessive cleverness.